Blog Talk Radio. Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Modern Love. I'm your Modern Love doctor, Dr. Brenda Wade, so happy to be with you, and we have a very interesting podcast, radio cast for you tonight called Race hip-hop, and love. We have a special guest with us, Mr. Leron Barton. And this is quite a broad-ranging conversation. We want you to join in, send us your questions or just your comments. You can Facebook us, Dr. Brenda Wade, tweet us, Dr. Brenda Wade, or call us at 347-989-0776. From Black Lives Matter to police shootings, the implicit bias and the systemic racism in the United States has exploded, literally, in our national consciousness. And it's been in the news for months now. It seems as if every time we turn on the TV or listen to NPR, we're going to hear about it. And today we're talking to Mr. Barton, who's a very popular blogger. And we're going to seek to answer the question, what's self-love got to do with it? And how does that affect our love relationships? Mr. Leron Barton is a writer, photographer, and all-around artist, and he started Mainline Publishing in order to produce works that will captivate and get people talking. And after what he calls a ton of rejection letters and what he termed crazy advice from an agent, He decided to take his destiny into his own hands, and he birthed mainline publishing. His work is controversial, so get ready. It's lighting up the blogosphere and giving him a huge following on sites such as The Good Men Project and many others. His first book is Straight Dope, a 360-degree look into American drug culture. Today, he's going to give us a sneak peek at his new book, on love and relationships, and maybe we can get him to talk about his viral blogs. His website is www.mainlinepub.com. That's mainlinepub.com. Welcome to the show, Laron Barton. Hey, hey, what's going on? Um, how, how are you, Miss? Uh, I'm sorry. How are you, Doctor Wayne? Every, oh, everything's wonderful. Yeah, and everybody calls me Dr. B or Dr. Brenda, so feel free. <laughs> Dr. B, you know, oh, this is quite a mix you put together here. And I want to find out about your new book first because sure. it's about love and that you know that's what we love to talk about on Modern Love right. Tell us about that. Okay, well, um, so this is the first time that I'm going to reveal the title. Uh, the new book is called All You... 
All we really need is love. And what it All is, right, it's, everybody. It's, this is the first time yes. it's been revealed. <laughs> exactly. This is a big reveal yep. right now. Yep. You just made history. All we really (laughs) need is love. You know what? That title is beautiful. Sounds like a beautiful, doesn't it? (laughs) Yes, I love it. So tell us about all we really need is love. How did you um, come to write it? What's what's behind it for you? Well, um, you know, uh, Dr. B, after I wrote Straight Straight Dope, I mean, Straight Dope was about uh, drugs and and how drugs were, how drugs are so inundated in America. And what I wanted to do was, I wanted to ask a, a, a simple question: How do people fall in love, and how do people main, maintain that love? And so, what I set up to do was just to simply talk to different people. I mean, from different ages, races, sexual orientation, just people from all walks of life, and just simply um, ask them about their love life and. You know, people were willing to talk to me, and um, you know, I got some really awesome inter- interviews. And through writing, all we really need is love. I sort of uh, was able to examine my own love love life, and you know, figure things out. Okay, like why did why did I do this back in the day? Why am I here, and where am I going? So it was kind of well. What are wait now? Hold therapeutic. On what are some of the things you figured out? Because you know. Oh <laughs> uh, well. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. Okay. Uh, yes. Well, Mr. Uh, okay. Well, Dr. B. Uh, one of the first things that that I uh, that I figured out was that when I was uh, when I was younger, you know, when I was out and about and sort of sleeping around, I kind of mm-hmm. did that. Out and about. To, we know uh, what out and about means. <laughs> exactly. You know, kind of. Uh, you know, kind of being uh, being a quote unquote player. I guess you would say. I was just doing that to just sort of fill a hole, you know, because um, I guess I did those things to make myself feel more of a man. And, you know, today's today's man, unfortunately, is judged by how many women he interacts with. So I did that. And by interaction, you mean sleeps with, right? Absolutely. You know what? I'm trying to keep it PG, um, but if you want me to say sleep to we, sleep, sleep with, we, uh, we can definitely no, go, I, go there. Though. You know, we just want to know that we're on the same page and that this Absolutely. is the real. Okay. Yes. So, but, but, you know, it's important to talk about that, Laurent, because for a man to feel like that makes him a man because he can be sexual with a number of women, how right. does that ever become the criteria? Well, you know, um, that, uh, that's a really good, that, that's a really good, really good question. I mean, um, as, as as you know, in in modern society, that there's a sort of a, a double standard among men and women. You know, men can sleep with as many women as they would like, and they're called a stud. But when women attempt to do the same thing, she's a whore. So uh-huh. I think that you know uh, when I was you know when uh, when I was talking with Legrand, uh, who uh, by the way, shout out to Legrand, we had a really great That's conversation. That's right, Legrand. Green, Mr. LeBron Green is our producer on Modern Love, everybody, in case you're wondering who we're talking about. And he is the esteemed host of the radio talk show and blog, Bold, B-O-L-D, Bold. So big shout out right. to him, the Bold. And so big happy to be 
yeah, he turned us on to Mr. Laurent Barton. So we'd have this revealing conversation that we're about to have, Laurent. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, um, I, I I don't know exactly, like, why that kind of, uh, uh, why men, why men kind of feel that way, but, you know, I kind of fell into that and, you know, hanging around guys, hey, man, you know what, um, you know, uh, let's uh, let's get laid, blah blah blah. But then, you know, that kind of lifestyle gets really old after a while, and you kind of realize that I don't need that to make me feel, you know, more of a man than how I should. And so, you know, writing writing a book, it it kind of brought up those feelings. It also brought up, you know, different relationships. You know what I you know what I did right, what I did wrong. And it's really helped me into being a better boyfriend for my current relationship that I'm in. Now, what changed inside you that you said, hey, the pathway to manhood is not how many people I can sleep with? You know, uh, it, it, was a, it was a gradual thing. I mean, I, I, mean, I it was just like all, many of my friends, uh, when I lived in San Diego, me, me and my friends kind of knew me as this, this guy that, you know, just, you know, um, Laron loved the ladies. Laron couldn't sit down for more than five uh, for, for more than five minutes. You know, they used to have a, a little joke. They used to say, looky, looky, Ronnie's on a cookie. So it's like, oh. you know, <laughs> right? Oh. And, and so I'm just, I'm, I was like always just, you know, trying to, you know, be out and about. But then... I kind of realized I'm like, man, I'm only doing this because I'm having to live up to that and, and also because I don't know what else to do because, you know, if I try to leave this, this current lifestyle, then what's going to be next for me? So it just got to the point where it just kind of wore, wore itself down and I just realized it's like, man, like, you know, I need to do something else. I mean, there's a, there's a great quote that I like to use is that everything runs its course. And so I just think that that, just ran its course. And, you know, it's funny, but uh, one thing that I realized is that when you have sex with somebody that you really care about, it's so much better than versus having, like, you know, five and six, you know, one-night stands. So. Oh, would you say it again, please, Laron? Oh, uh, um, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, what I said, uh, you know, what I realized is that when I – when I when I stopped sleeping around and when I started dating seriously, I found that sex to be much better with someone that you care about and someone that you have feelings for. Versus now I didn't that, ask you to repeat it because we didn't hear you. I asked you to repeat it because it's so good and so important and so true. Well, it is true though. I mean, I, I mean, it's like you know, I I remember like when I was sleeping around, like and and after everything was done, I couldn't wait to just get out of the bed and just. And just go and just go home, you know. And it and it and it clicked for me like when I dated someone seriously, and I'm like, man, wow, this is this is what actually like making love is, you know. And mm. so, yeah. good for you. Right. So you matured, you grew up, you got more connected with yourself. It sounds like. If you've Absolutely. got any tips for our listening audience on how you can get to that point of connection, please reveal that too. You know what? Um, I know two, there are a lot of people who never get to that point. Right. Well, two two things. So I think that a lot of men who who do who do that, 
you know, maybe in the past they've uh, they've been burned or they've been hurt by by one woman because a woman can hurt a man unlike anyone else. I mean, especially if if a guy is really into this woman. And if you burn this guy, he's I mean, when my first girlfriend cheated on me, that was that was it. I was just just absolutely stunned. I mean, like it it was uh it was one of those feelings that like my whole world fell in. And so then I I guess I didn't believe in love and so that kind of started the trajectory. And two, man, it's you, you just I mean like, you know, you got to love yourself. I mean, because like, you know, you don't want to be one of those one of one of those people that just that's just hopping from bed to bed to bed because it's, you know, sooner or later, you know, you're you know, you're going to get someone pregnant or you're going to catch a disease or it's just going to get to the point where like sex doesn't mean anything and you're going to have this very twisted way of looking at relationships. And, you know. Yeah. That's yeah. true. And the other thing I want to add from my perspective is having spent a lot of time working with couples and teaching classes with couples and writing five books on love, I can tell wow. that part of Bye. what gets people, yeah, I've been busy, but part of what gets people stuck in that pattern of what I call compulsive sexual behavior is, yes, being hurt possibly by a partner, but also being hurt by parents. I have worked with right. a number of men who had abandonment by father. And sometimes Absolutely. not having that father there to show you how to be a man, how to be a partner, showing you the steps to having committed love, that does a lot of damage. There's a big hole. And you said you've seen Dr. that too. B, I 100% agree with that. Uh, growing up, I did not really, I mean, I really didn't meet my father until I was 13. And, mm. you know, and and then he wasn't in my life. So you have to think, like, I didn't have a model of, of what a stable relationship is. So because of that, and, and what you just said just hit the nail right on the head, because I didn't have that model, I was just sort of out, I was just sort of out, out here, I guess, uh, clueless. You, you know, so I didn't know what, I mean, to be honest with you, Dr. B, like, I didn't know how to start courting a woman until I was 30. You know, you know, and that's just real. And matter of fact, I'm sorry, not 30, but 32, you know, and it's like when you, when you, when you stop being out there and stop sleeping around, it's like you have to relearn so many things. So it's almost like I was retarded because I, because I started so, so late and, you know, come 32, I'm, I'm having friends getting married, having, having babies. And I'm talking to, you know, shout out to my friend, Sonny. I'm talking to Sonny about, about all right, so what do I do if she doesn't call? Like you, you're like you know. I, I mean, it's it's just some real weird. It's almost like I have to start from start start from zero. So, wow! Thank you for being so open and honest with us. I really appreciate it, Laron, because you're not alone. There are a lot of people in our listening audience going, "Hmm, that sounds like me or somebody I know." And what advice would you give to someone who's been stuck in that pattern, wants to get out of it, wants to get to something that's real. You know, what do you tell us in all we really needed love? Yeah. Well, so the with the with the book it 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 talks about I mean it 
it's with essentially all of these all of these people's um, journeys uh, in love. I mean, for I mean, for example, one of my favorite uh, favorite interviews was was this young man. He's twenty one, twenty two years old, and he thinks you know, and he thinks he knows it all, right? So he's like, you know, I just want to just me and my lady, we get a house. I'm a supporter because I'm the man. And and so I asked him. I'm I'm like, hey man, you know you're you know you're 23 years years old. You know, um, don't you ever feel like you know you want to you know get out there and test the waters? And he's like, well, I mean, if something happens, it happens. But I still love my girl. So it's like, oh, it's like okay. Uh. You know, I, I mean, so I don't know. Like uh, like I mean, every, everyone's journey is different. But I would just say, just don't just um. Don't afraid to get. Uh, don't be afraid to get hurt because, you know, being hurt by, by someone in, within the opposite sex that's inevitable. I mean, that's just going to happen. So you know, you just have to just not let that damage you and just you know push forward. I mean, you have to have the emotional fortitude to shake that off and to not make that about you, but just make that about about them. And what you can learn. And what you can learn. Because, you know, when we go through hurt, if we can stay with it and say, what can I learn? You know, maybe I was choosing out of just superficial things. Or maybe I have a pattern. You know, I my pattern when I was in college was dating bad boys. And I think I Uh had that in grad school. Dating bad boys. So there was a lot of that going on. (laughs) So, you know, and I had to look at that and say, well, the real issue was I didn't love myself. Right. I came from a family where my parents, I know they loved us. They did a lot for us, but they were old school and they were all about, you know, yelling, beatings, this kind of thing. And that damages a child's self-esteem. Well, I didn't know that's why I was picking bad boys. I had to do some work on me, I was in therapy, I read a lot of books, got a lot of help, just putting that out there, everybody, sometimes we need I, that objective other party to help us. I think that helps out a, a, a lot, I mean, especially in the black community, you know, we need to not look at therapy as as being as being weak. I, you know, Dr. B, I'll, I'll tell you clearly, you know, going to a therapist was one of the best choices I ever made in my life. I mean, just being able to being able to talk to somebody that doesn't know you from 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 a campaign. I mean, that's you know, and just being totally unbiased and giving you tools that you need to be able to progress in the world. I mean, it's 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 priceless. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, I'm a big advocate for therapy. Thank you for saying that. I am so grateful to hear somebody of your stature who's been on your journey talk about the importance because I always tell people, you know, if your roof is leaking, who are you going to call? Right? A roofer, right? Your car breaks down. (laughs) Who are you going to call? You're going to get the mechanic. And when we are struggling on our life journey, somebody who is trained to help us get insight and give us tools to do a better job that's the best investment you can ever make. And there are a lot of Absolutely. really good people out here. And by the way, little plug, lots of books like All We Really Need is Love 
is available. And you can certainly find more books at my website. (laughs) So feel free. (laughs) Right, Laron, let me just let people know they can join the conversation 347-989-0776-47989-0776. Talk with Mr. Laron Barton about his journey. Now, Laron, you have done some very controversial, or tweet us, by the way, uh, Dr. Brenda Wade, or Facebook is Dr. Brenda Wade, Cliff Dunning, our associate producer, is standing by to take your questions right now. So you have written about race, hip-hop, and love. With all that's going on right now with Black Lives Matter and the obvious racism that has impacted our entire country, whether you were white, black, brown, red, yellow, rainbow, LGBTQ, it doesn't matter. We are all in this together, and we all have a part in this. Talk to us about that. What does that have to do with self-love? Well, um, I I think that um, with all of um, with black people as as well as uh non white people you know, such as such as Asians, Latinos, Native Native Americans, I think that we all live under a system of racism, white supremacy. And by living under under that system, we are taught that we are less that we are less than. You know, there's a large propaganda machine that is out that is out there that is constantly telling us that we are thugs, that we are harlots that we are not as smart, that we are not as beautiful. Now, let me say this. Let me say this, because for a lot of our Caucasian listening audience, let me interpret this in another way. Racism is real, but it doesn't always come to the front of the mind. My experience and my understanding is that for many people, of goodwill, who are very much about being conscious people. Racism is an unconscious process. And the only way we see it is when we see the implicit bias that shows up in numbers. I often ask people when I'm in this conversation, if they're Caucasian, how many of your friends are people of the same economic same racial, same educational background, most people will say, I have a black friend or I have an Asian friend or I have a Latin friend. But part of what we want to look at with this program is to look deeper and ask yourself, could it be that I have an implicit bias, an unconscious racism? I'm a good person, but wait a minute. My behavior might be revealing something. So quick story I hired someone to co-lead therapy groups with me at one point, Laron, sure. and my therapy groups and all the groups and things I do are very multicultural, and I wanted someone who was Caucasian to balance me in the group so everybody had somebody who looked like them and they felt they could relate to. So I found a woman who said the most shocking thing to me. I fell out of my chair. She was probably the 20th person I interviewed. And she said to me, I want you to know, without me saying anything to her about race, she said, I want you to know I've worked on my racism. And I looked at her 
She said, I know that I've been infected with racism because I am a white woman and I've been working on it. I've been taking classes. I've been in groups. I've read the book, The Myth of White Privilege. My mouth just hung open. Needless to say, I hired her on the spot because she was so conscious that she could say it and work on it. So that's a tip for everybody. Let's work on it. So keep going. Keep going, Ron. Yeah, so... One of the things that um, we know, you know, when we talk about race, um, is that we actually don't have a realistic view on what race, on what racism is, you know. Um, and for those that don't really under, understand what it is, and it's fine because I didn't get learned until about two years ago. So my definition of racism would be a systematic practice that disenfranchises and discriminates against people of color while maintaining this hierarchy that allows whites to remain at the top. And racism isn't just some white man yelling on a corner, you and yada, yada. It's practiced through our prison industrial complex. It's practiced through through modern policing. It's practiced through education uh, with the uh, school-to-prison pipe, pipeline. It's practiced through health care. It's practiced through our rental opportunities. It's practiced through jobs. I had um, recently I was invited to to speak at uh, at USF for a for a Black Lives uh, Asian Coalition uh, speaking at speak, speaking to students, and I brought them up a point. I I said racism is as easy as you and I going to a drugstore and reaching for a, a flesh colored band aid. Now, if you notice. My, I, I don't get uh, band-aids don't 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 come in my color as, as far as as far as flesh color. What I the reason why that I that I said that is because racism is when whites are this when whites are the standard. You know when many people around the world uh, go out of their way to lighten their skin because white is the uh, is the standard of beauty. You know. Racism yeah, and is, that comes home. That comes home in relationships. It definitely comes home because there's a tremendous amount of research that says racism is a severe stressor. It's a trauma that people live with. And when a traumatized, stressed out person is home, it impacts relationships. So you talk about self-love. It's right. self-love one of the ways to both heal from the impact of this trauma and the stressor, and is it a way to have a better relationship? Well, I mean, I I think self love is uh, is paramount to everything that we do in in life. I mean, self love is is you uh, is you saying to yourself, you, you know what, I deserve better in a relationship. I'm not going to be with this uh, with this person that treats me like crap and that puts me at put and, and that puts me at number two. You know, self you know, self love is not is walk is walking out the house and not looking like a slob because uh, because you're saying, hey, you know what? I want to present myself uh, to the very uh, to the very best of my abilities. Self love is realizing that as being a black man, I am uh, I am not less than okay. A white so person. hold on, we have a question. question. Sure. Okay, so this person is writing in. And saying, 
I'm always troubled when I hear people talk about racism as if every person who is white is racist. Okay. So, so uh, okay, what would I say to that? Okay, well, mm-hmm. so here's the thing. No one is saying that all white people are racist. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I have some white people in, in my life that are incredibly special to me. To me. What is, see, I, again, when people talk about race, they tend to personalize it. You have to understand that racism is a system. And when you're white, you don't have to think about racism. I mean, think about that, doc, uh, Dr. B. That is a privilege that's called the privilege, white privilege. I don't have to think about it. So go ahead and talk. You're responding to our listener. doesn't mean everybody, but what would you say the listener who wrote this question could or should be doing so they could start being part of the solution? Well, I think that, I mean, in in a perfect world, every white person would – would be like the abolitionist John Brown. You know, everyone's not going to be like be like that. I think that uh, white people need to realize their privilege, you know, and realize that the system affords them the ability to to move around in life that you or I will never have. And two, they need to take steps into dismantling the system. You know, when I um, when I became a quote unquote ally to the LGBTQ community, one of the things that I started doing from for myself is not only volunteering but also speaking up. If someone says something homophobic, I'm on them like, yo, listen, that's that's not okay. Let's uh let's stop uh let's let's stop saying that. So what I'm saying is that for a white person, if you if you really want to I mean if you're really concerned about it, hey, you know what, let's do the work. Let's let's work together to dismantle the system and so everything will be free. And let's speak up. So you, Absolutely. you being an advocate for the LGBTQ community, and you actually wrote a blog called How My right. Friends Out Me. We only have a few minutes left, but if you would touch sure. on that, that would be great. Sure, yeah. Um, this, was a, uh, this was a blog that I wrote um, because uh, one of my best friends came out to me, and it was so, and it was, and it was so funny because no one – my circle of friends, no one really had someone close to them be uh, be gay. So what I wanted to do was I was I wanted to write uh, was I wanted to write about this experience and just let people know, hey man, hey man, you know if you have a friend that is coming out, be gentle with them, you know, be supportive with them because what they're going what they're going through, you you and I will never under, uh, understand if we're not gay. And I wrote it and. It was really popular, you know. I spoke to Legrand about it. There were a couple people that you know that you know e- that emailed me and said, "Oh my God, you're uh, you're promoting homosexuality," and I said, "No, I'm not. I'm promoting people being uh, people being free, and I'm promoting brotherhood because at the end of the day, Doctor B, that's what it's all about. It's about brotherhood and it's about sisterhood and it's all about us being one." Yes, and I could not agree with you more. Because the concept of modern love that we talk about here, the modern world is a small world. We're all connected by that thing we call the World Wide Web. And there's a web that is an energetic, invisible web, and I call it 
the web of light because everyone is made of energy. And I so appreciate you spending time with us. Now, the last question is talk just for a minute about what you fear as a black man in America. That was another blog that you wrote. Somebody asked you, with all the recent shootings of unarmed black men, are you afraid? And what did you say? Well, I mean, I I just simply said, I mean, uh, to, uh, to quote Malcolm X, I live every day like uh, like it's my last day. I mean, I think that uh, being a black man in, in America is a very precarious time and that you have to realize that your life is really not promised to you. I mean, Tariq Nasheed once said, we're all a traffic stop away from being a hashtag. So I think that what I wanted to let people know is that you know, these are the things that I have to worry about, and these are the things that I'm worried about for my nephews and for my younger brother and for the little brother that I'm mentoring because they will have to go through these challenges. You know, I've already went went through them, and I'm already going through them now, but, you know, they're, they're going to have to face them. And so that's what I'm ultimately worried about. Yes, I hear you. I, I share the same fear. For my stepsons and my nephews, it is really something to live with that hanging over their heads. And all of us, all of us can be part of the solution. And I want to encourage everybody to take your words. All we really need is love, but it's got to be love in action, everybody. Absolutely. Good morning and ask yourself, how can I put love in action? What's the most powerful action we can take, Mr. LaRon Barton? The most powerful action that we can take is to, um, you know, let's let's start speaking up. I mean, there's many, I guess for term, there's many flanks to a battle. You know, I mean, and let's just let's just do some, let's do something. You know, let's 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 not stand on so let's not stand on the sidelines. Let's be active. Right. You know, love yourself. You know, and then once you love yourself, then you'll be able to love others. Yeah, and that's a journey, so don't say, gee, when I love myself, I got there. You're in the process of learning more self-love every single day, everyone, and I want to encourage you. I want to thank you. The book is All We Really Need is Love, Mr. LeBron Barton. I keep wanting to call you LeBron for obvious reasons. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? I'm not a Cleveland fan, so so please don't. (laughs) I'm a bold guy. Okay. <laughs> His first book is called Straight Joke, a 360-degree look into American drug culture. He's yeah. got a blog. You can hook up with him at www.mainlinepub, that's M-A-I-N-L-I-N-E-P-U-B, mainlinepub.com. Thank you so okay. much, so much for spending time with us. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much, Dr. B. Um, my um, pleasure. Um, Everyone, look forward now. Coming up, we have John Gray on staying focused in a wow. hyper world. We have Sky Blossoms overcoming self-sabotage. You can join us in May, second weekend of May, the weekend after Mother's Day, for a live free event here in San Francisco on Date, Mate, and Meditate. Oh, going to challenge you. All right, everyone. Big shout out to LeGrand Green. Thank you so much. Our producer to Cliff Dunning, our associate producer. And love and blessings to all of you, everyone. Good night.